We have come today to the last chapter in the book of Romans, uh, Romans 16, the last message in our almost two-year-long two series. And uh, we're going to uh, read this passage in Romans 16, 1 to 16, um, for your edification and for your information. Romans 16, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is in Kendria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many, and of myself as well. Greet Prisca, or Priscilla, and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Epinatus, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Oh, greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junias, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are outstanding among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Oh, and greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ. And Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apellus, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Oh, and greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncreitus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Haven't you just been amazingly edified? <laughs> ah, amen. You know, as I've approached... Uh, this final message, and I was preparing this series of sermons several months ago. I read through chapter 16, and after reading, my first thought was, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? After thinking about it, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to skip all those verses in the first part of the 16th chapter. They're just personal greetings of Paul, and, they, and I'm going to focus on a few verses that I can find in the chapter that I thought might be what I would call maybe preachable. I hate to even admit that. but uh, And then you know how the Lord sometimes works. I go to my pastor's meeting this last week, and I'm meeting with all these pastors. Well, there's four of us. And we're just sharing about our lives. And one of them, I don't know what provoked him, because we usually don't talk about these things. He asked me, Dave, what are you preaching about this Sunday? And I says, well, I'm wrapping up the book of Romans, and uh, I'm faced with the challenge of Romans 16. One of the pastors immediately spoke up and said, I know a lady who came to faith in Romans, out of Romans 16. Ugh. She said she read through that list and saw all those women listed and said, man, Paul must think women have a lot of, of, of important place in the church. I always thought he was against women. Now, I can join up with that. Gave her life to Christ. 
Well, that wasn't all of it. Another pastor piped up. He said, one of the best sermons I've ever heard was from Romans 16, verses 1 through 16. Ugh! It was as if God is saying, don't write off this passage. Study it. See what I might say to you. It's a list of strange names. I botched a few of them. I read once that when you're preaching from the biblical text, please avoid the list. <laughs> Lists are deadly. <laughs> and here it comes where Paul is, basically what he's doing is calling the roll. It's, which is a strange thing in and of itself. We get some of this in other books that Paul writes, but not like this. Thirty people are either mentioned or referred to in what I read. I have never worshipped in a church in which someone got up and called the roll. Have you? <laughs> you remember in school when they called the roll, right? It had nothing to do with the lesson and really didn't garner your attention, did it? Very much. I mean, my name started with R, so I had a long ways to wait. I could just talk to my friends until it got to about the M's and the P's, and then I started listening, right? If you were an A, you were really lucky. Why? Because you were done quick, Right? They probably do it with scanners and barcodes today, I would imagine, right? So what's this about Paul's roll call here in the church of Rome? And I wonder how Paul knew all these people. We don't believe that he had been to this church before. I wonder if you could buy mailing lists back then. I don't really know. Perhaps Paul goes through this list very intentionally as a way of showing us this is kind of how church looks. Maybe it gives some kind of a sociological profile of the membership of the church. And I don't expect you to remember this, but in the list, they mention, there's a mention of Phoebe. She's a minister. The word actually means deaconess sometimes in the church. And uh, she probably, we're not sure, but be, by the way it's written, we probably think that Phoebe was carrying this letter from Paul, who was in Corinth, to the Roman church. There's a husband and wife, you've probably heard of them before, Aquila and Priscilla. They had a history with Paul. They'd put themselves in danger in order to help him at one point. There's a man named Rufus and his mom. There's a brother, Nereus, and his sister. There are perhaps brothers, Andronicus and Janias. And it says they'd been in prison with Paul. And uh, some actually think that Janias might be Jania, a woman, perhaps the wife of Andronicus. There's those sisters, Tryphena and Tryphosa. <laughs> There's an old man, Epinatus. Interesting profile of the church, isn't it? There's a single woman, Mary. There's a single man, Herodian. Not a lot of nuclear families in the Roman church there. Just as Christ had put them together. It's kind of an interesting list, sort of, maybe. I don't know, maybe not. Let me ask you this. Let me make this point. Our memories are wrapped up in names, aren't they? Aren't your memories wrapped up in names? You see, for Paul, this isn't a list. You can just imagine he's packing his things in the home of Gaius, who's hosting him in the church at Corinth, and um, Paul is getting ready to go He's going to go west to Italy and to Spain. He's about to make a move 
to a new parish far away. He's probably around 59 or 60 years of age. I can relate. (laughs) He feels he has one more ministry in him. And I can just imagine Paul probably doesn't have a whole lot to pack. His coat and maybe his books, a few other things. And uh, you know what it's like moving, right? You know, sometimes it takes me a long time to move. And why is that? Because I go through a box and I'll go, well, I haven't seen that in a long time. Right? You start reading something that you hadn't read in a long time. He comes across notes, I imagine, Paul. And he sits down among the boxes and he begins to remember the people in his life. You've done it. I mean, think about people in your life. Memories. If you don't mind, I'll just get a little personal. Is that all right? I remember a woman named Mary Whitley. I met Mary when I was a 10-year-old boy, and she was 127. (laughs) I mean, she was old. And this little framed, white-haired woman loved me, and every Sunday went looking for me and gave me a hug, asked me how my week went. I remember Mr. Paulson, who always handed out candy to the kids at Sunday. seemed like he always had a crowd around him. (laughs) I remember Pastor Tim, my first youth pastor, who took personal interest in me. He would go to my ball games and concerts. I'd see him up there. And uh, I remember a professor, Prof. Oliver, at college who... I don't know why, just thought he would take me in as his adopted son and... I even worked for him after I graduated. I remember Pastor Gary who showed me probably for the first time in my life what it meant to really, really love Jesus. You have your people, don't you? What Paul wrote here in Romans 16, it isn't a list of Paul. These are people special to him. Aquila and Priscilla, they risked their necks for me, he says. Andronicus and Janias, they went to jail with me. They're great Christians. And there's Mary. Oh, Mary worked so hard. And uh, Mary was one of those that was there when everybody else had left. And she was still working. And she's the one who would always say to me, Paul, you go on home. I'll put things up. I'll pick up all the papers. I'll straighten the chairs. You go on home. You're tired. Well, Mary, you're tired too. Well, yes, Paul, but you've got to ride a donkey across Asia tomorrow. You go on home. I'll pick it all up. It says Mary worked hard in the church. Epinatus, he's the first person converted under the preaching of Paul. And Paul says, I didn't sleep a wink that night. I spent the whole night saying... Thank God, finally somebody has heard and accepted the gospel. Tryphena and Tryphosa. Well, they just have to be twins, don't they? (laughs) Twin sisters. They always sat right over here on the right. They both wore blue every Sunday. They always dressed alike. I never knew them apart, really. One of them had a mole on her cheek, but I didn't know if it was Tryphena or Tryphosa. I never did quite get them straight. (laughs) Tell Rufus hello. And tell his mom hello. Because she's my mom too. 
some woman earned from the Apostle Paul this title, Mother. He probably stayed in her home. I can imagine she must have been a rather large woman who always had one of those big aprons with the pockets in it, right? (laughs) And she was the kind of mom that could say to Paul, you sit down and eat your breakfast. I don't care if you are an apostle. (laughs) You see, to Paul, this wasn't a list. I remember visiting Washington, D.C. And I saw a big, long wall there. Nothing on the wall but names. I didn't know any of the names. But I watched people who did walk by, and there was a woman who went up and she put her finger on a name. And she held up her child and put the child's hand on a name. There was a woman who came by and she kissed one of the names on the wall. There were flowers lying beneath the wall at various places. And I I saw scenes kind of similar to this picture. Or maybe this one. Or this one, probably a mom and a dad. It's not a list. We all have names that matter. And these names in Romans 16 are special to Paul because if you know the story and you read the context, he's not necessarily saying hello as much as he's saying goodbye. He's going to Rome, and before he goes to Rome, he has to go to Jerusalem, and he's going with this offering into the what we would call the nest of hostility. If you go back in chapter 15, he says to these people, pray with me, agonize with me, that I won't be killed in Jerusalem. And that the saints will take the offering and that I'll be able to continue and come to you on my way to Spain. Our fellowship, folks, is a fellowship of names. And I hope it's okay to be a little personal today because, after all, Paul was personal. I've been the pastor of this church 13.5 years. And the history of this church is a history of names. And as I was preparing, I started thinking back over the years, and a lot of faces popped into my mind. Some of your faces. Faces of people who love Jesus. Faces of people who love each other. Love being part of this community of believers. And I don't want to mention names because I'd surely forget many and I'd regret it afterwards. And so I'm not going to mention any names. But I do remember a couple who hosted a small group that I led for its first few years in their home. They're gone now. I remember a guy who always looked for ways to serve, even mowed my grass when I was on vacation. I love that guy. (laughs) I remember a lady who used to work with me and still loves me and makes goodies on my birthday. (laughs) I remember a guy who would always give me a $100 bill every time I went to Moldova. I remember a guy who who retired 
and just decided he's going to come up to the church every day and empty trash and pull weeds and set up tables and chairs. I love these people. And don't even get me started on the people I've worked with on church staff here over the years. Our fellowship is a fellowship of names. I remember baptism services where person after person would tell of God's work in their life. And we'd all cheer when they came out of the water. And we'd celebrate by sharing this common meal together. I think of all the funerals I've done at this church. The names of those I dearly miss. And I think of so many of you and I pray that Jesus comes soon. (laughs) So I never have to say goodbye, right? (laughs) When you look through our church directory, you see a lot of names, but don't call it a list. It's not a list. It's a family. I don't know, do you have some keepsakes that uh, you've hidden away somewhere? I do. I have love letters and cards Cindy wrote me over the years. I have a letter my mom wrote me the week I went to college. I have letters from my dad and other letters that are special to me. I guess you'd have to save emails now, wouldn't you? (laughs) When I read through them every once in a while, I'm reminded that that my life is a history of names. People that invest in me, care for me, and make me who I am. and I'm so thankful for those names. Aren't you thankful for your names? You know, when Paul was addressing his friends over at Philippi, he wrote this little phrase. He wrote, I thank my God for all my remembrance of you. I think you ought to get out a piece of paper, or I think you ought to Borrow a piece of paper, or maybe if you see your neighbor with a notebook, steal a piece of paper. I don't know. But I think everybody ought to write that down at some point. And then just write a name. And another name, and another name, and make your list. And keep the list, because to you, it's not a list. In fact, the next time you move... Hold on to that list, even if you have to leave your car, your house, your furniture, your computer, your smartphone. (laughs) Take the list with you. Put it in your wallet, your purse, keep track of it. In fact, when your life is ended and you leave the earth, take the list with you. (laughs) I know, I know, when you get to the gate, St. Peter's going to say to you, now you look. You went into the world with nothing. You're coming out with nothing. What do you got there? Well, it's just the names. Let me see it. I mean, it's just a list of names of people I worked with and people who uh, helped me. Let me see it. It's just a group of people that if if it weren't for them, I'd never made it. Let me see it. You give it to him and he smiles and he says, I know all these people. And now all this makes sense. He says, on my way here to the gate, I passed them. And they're painting this great big sign to hang over the street. And it says, welcome home. Now I get it. And Paul, as he's 
signing off. What he's really saying is thanks, right? Thanks for serving the church. Thanks for sticking your neck out on my behalf. And thanks for being willing to go to prison and stand with me for the cause of the kingdom. Thanks for for being willing to live for Jesus. And not for yourself. Thanks. Wouldn't you like to be on somebody's list? (laughs) I would. I want to live in such a way that when someone pulls out their, I thank my God for all my remembrance of you list, well, there's my name. I sure want to make my wife's list. She's on mine, right? (laughs) I want to make my kids' list. I want you to be on each other's list. In the book of Romans, Paul has given us the greatest treatise, explanation of the gospel ever written, ever will be written. It has been comprehensive in not only telling us our need for the gospel, the reality of the gospel and the personal benefit of the gospel. He has spent this last third of the book showing how the gospel lives in us and affects our relationships with people. And for Paul, life is always about the the gospel of Christ and its impact on my life and the world. He was the worst of sinners is how he describes himself. And Jesus saved him. And because Jesus saved him, he lived a life he never thought would be available to him, enjoying deep, meaningful, loving relationships. And he knew there was a crown laid up for him, a crown of righteousness because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He closes the letter by saying, To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. When we think of the people that God has allowed us to intersect with, when we think of the people that God has perhaps put on our I thank my God for all my remembrance of you list. All we can say is glory, glory to God. Glory to God through Jesus Christ has ransomed me, who has saved me, who has put me in a family. Only he has made this possible. I want you to bow your heads with me. Father God, I thank you today for your provision for our lives and for the church. I thank you for the uh, gospel as laid out in the book of Romans. I thank you for this journey that we've had. and, uh, And it's not just been a theological, intellectual 
heady, informational journey, but you have gone to great lengths to express through Paul's life that the gospel matters in the way we love one another, in the way that we truly deepen our journey through the relationships that we have with people. And I pray, Father God, that as we have read through just a list of names today, that there would be something inside of us that conjures up these memories and we remember these things in our history and we remember the people who have impacted us and uh, that we would just turn to you and say thank you God through Jesus Christ to you be the glory for my life is changed because of how you used people to mentor me to love me to care for me in my vulnerable my doubting state In my youth, when you brought people who would come and hug me and would not just live distant from me because I was a kid, but took an interest that we may all see this not only as our history, but our future, that we may be living in such a way to impact those around us and understand the the brevity of this life. So, Father, as we close this this journey through Romans, we worship you, we sing to you, we praise you, and for all that it has meant to us, Father, may you receive the glory. May you receive the glory. In the name of Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and worship him.